Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040 or issuesetc.org. One would like to think that there are little corners of corporate America that haven't succumbed to woke ideology, especially the pressures, kind of the tip of the spear of woke ideology, transgender ideology. But alas, doesn't appear that there are any. Or if they are, they're very few and far between. The latest to fall, American Girl. It's ironic that American Girl would now be telling American girls that maybe they're not girls. They might have been just assigned girl at their birth. Maybe they're, in fact, boys. Doesn't seem like a good business plan, if you ask me. Joining us to talk about American Girl books that promote transgender ideology, Grace Stark. She's editor of Natural Womanhood. She's Ramsey Institute Fellow at the Center for Bioethics and Culture. She's author of the column for The Federalist titled, American Girl Exploits Adolescent Awkwardness to Suggest Being a Girl Isn't Good Enough. Grace, welcome. Thanks for having me, Todd. Uh, Perhaps I'm a bit dated, but I thought American Girl was the epitome of wholesomeness. What happened? Well, it was. As I said in my article, you know, it really is peak millennial nostalgia, the American Girl Company and the American Girl Girl Dolls and the American Girl Books. I mean, I grew up on these and they really were wholesome books. When I was younger, they were primarily historical stories about young girls. And they were always two things, uh, American and a girl. And those two things were never in question. And they were great stories that really celebrated the beauty and the goodness of being a young girl And we're honest about the challenges of being a young girl, too. But now, with this new series of books that they've put out, these smart girl guides, they call them, and the newest one in particular, the body image version of it, is literally kind of throwing into question whether or not being a girl is actually good enough anymore. It's encouraging young girls to feel uncomfortable in their bodies and to explore those feelings of discomfort as maybe indicating that they really aren't girls to begin with. So we we see this descent, as with so much of the rest of our culture, of what was once a really wholesome, affirming of femininity company to this just craziness where we can't even decide if being a girl is something that should be celebrated anymore. So go into a little more detail. Tell us about the American Girl books of the past. They were great. I loved them. I devoured them. I mean, anyone who's a woman in their 30s, I'll I'll out myself with my age, can remember just devouring these books because they were just such a staple of elementary and probably even middle school libraries and book fairs. They were so big at book fairs, and I think it's book fair season now. So I can very vividly remember just seeking out these books because they were these great stories of young girls growing up during different time periods, coming from different cultural backgrounds, but they were all American. 
and they were usually kind of in that preteen adolescent space. So things were changing in their lives and they're overcoming different things just based on whatever cultural time period they, they were in. I think Molly was the Victorian era. Addie was a, I think, a freed slave and Felicity was colonial. So it was this great introduction as a young girl to American history, which was a really neat way to do it because it, it invited young girls in and put them into the shoes of other young girls like them living in these different time periods. So I just really relished those books and they, they really got me interested in historical fiction and, and in history itself because it was such an approachable way to give young girls this perspective of here's what it was like to live as a young girl in these time periods. And they've since really moved away from that historical bent. In recent years, most of the stories are just kind of modern stories. And they've even used their newer stories to kind of explore some different themes. I think a recent story, one of the young girls had lesbian great aunts, for example. So they don't do what they used to do, where it was this historical focus and getting girls interested in American history. They're more just kind of modern stories, what modern girlhood looks like today. And with this new series of books, these smart girl guides, they're intended to be what they say, guides for different issues. The most recent ones, there's a race and inclusion one, which is just full of talk of white privilege, systemic racism. There's one on crushes that talks about same-sex attraction. They've really just kind of expanded (laughs) their horizons. And I think that's to the detriment of what the original focus of the company was. And this latest Smart Girl Guide, the body image version, I think was intended to be something of an update on a book that they had when I was a girl, which was called The Care and Keeping of You. And so that book was targeted towards preteen girls, young adolescent girls who were going through the different changes that one goes through at that age. And it was very wholesome, very affirming. Again, this was just the whole tenor of the company was to be affirming of girlhood. And it talked about the different changes that a young girl would experience and did so in an age-appropriate way and just gave you hygienic tips for how to care for your body, just very practical and, again, very age-appropriate. And so I think this body image guide is almost intended to be their new modern woke update on the care and keeping of you, which it's totally stood it on its head instead of affirming the good things that are happening in your body and encouraging girls, everyone your age is going through this. It's okay. You know, you might feel awkward, but this is just normal. Instead, this new book is telling girls, well, you know, if you do feel that way, it's planting the seed of maybe that means you were never meant to be a girl to begin with. What else does this body image book from American Girl teach young ladies? Well, like a lot of other resources that are similar that are trying to encourage girls to explore their gender identity and whatnot, it purposefully sows mistrust, secrecy, and division between parents and their children because there's even a line in it I have not read the book. I will not purchase the book. But there's a line in it, according to the Daily Mail, which I think was one of the first places to break the story. 
encouraging young girls that if they don't have a trusted adult, if they don't have a parent or trusted adult who they can talk to about their gender exploration, however they term it, there's a list of organizations that they can turn to. And I said this in my piece for the Federalist because I believe it's true that essentially the American Girl and and other organizations that are doing this are are basically pimping for these other organizations that are going to encourage these girls to get on puberty blockers, that are going to encourage them to start thinking about surgeries. It's just so insidious. That one line, you know, or however many lines it is in that book, and apparently it's only three pages in the entire book that talk about this gender identity issue. But that's all it takes in a young girl who's already feeling confused, who's already feeling out of place. The title of my piece in The Federalist is, and I think you said it in your opener, but I'll repeat it again, is that American Girl Exploits Adolescent Awkwardness to Suggest Being a Girl Isn't Good Enough. And the reason why I focused on that angle is because as a former preteen girl, (laughs) I can tell you it's an awkward experience. I have yet to find a preteen girl, and I doubt that I ever will, who feels 100% comfortable with her body and doesn't want to change on some level some things about her body. I mean, I'm a 31-year-old woman, and I have feelings like that, and I would wager that most women do. And instead of saying, okay, you know, you can feel this way, but feelings aren't facts. And let's talk about how we can get you feeling comfortable with your body. Let's affirm the goodness of your body in these three insidious pages in this book. And that's all it takes in an impressionable young mind is to sow that first seed of, well, did you know that that might mean you're not in the right body to begin with? You say that the transgender movement's animating lie is now laid bare. How so? Mm -hmm. Because just in pointing out alone that, oh, you might feel awkward in your body, and this might mean that you're in the wrong body, right? That's the premise that they take. And where they run with it to say, okay, that means that maybe you're not in the right body to begin with. And... I call it the animating lie because it's that premise of that awkward feeling, which, as I said before, I think every preteen girl feels. They take that and they run with it and say, okay, well, that means maybe you're not in the right body. And it's a lie because everyone feels uncomfortable in their body at sometimes, and especially preteen girls. The experience of puberty as a preteen girl is really one of a loss of control. And I don't think that we appreciate that enough, that the experience of puberty for a young woman means learning that you're going to menstruate, learning that you're going to have a period and bleed for a week every month for you know the next 30 years. It means that while the boys around you are going through puberty and getting taller and stronger and faster and their voices are getting deeper, you are getting softer in comparison. You might be getting slower. I remember very vividly, I swam my whole elementary school and middle school and high school careers. I was a competitive swimmer. I remember that the qualifying times for the special meet at the end of the summer, the qualifying invitational meet, the the times for girls and boys to qualify for that meet were the same or even faster for girls for certain events up until about the 
11 to 12, 13 to 14 age divisions. And that's when I can remember standing in front of the qualifying timesheets at a swim meet and realizing, oh, all of a sudden the boys' qualifying times are a lot faster than the girls. The boys are starting to go a lot faster than I am. There's this realization as a young woman undergoing this transition, and especially in comparison to boys, where you can feel as a true trusted adult, like a parent, an informed parent who loves you and wants to take care of you, if you don't have someone contextualizing that experience for you as a young woman telling you all of these changes that you're experiencing, you know, your, your period, the curves that you're growing that you're now having to contend with. I remember it changed my stroke. Again, going back to swimming, I couldn't swim the same way after going through puberty because you're contending with an entirely new body shape. And if you don't have someone contextualizing all of that, telling you that is all geared towards the end of you being able to bring forth, carry and bring forth life someday, which is arguably the most awe-inspiring, most important human power that there is, if instead you're looking through everything through the lens of masculine power, strength, height, a deep voice, the ability to be commanding, if you are looking through those changes through the lens of masculine power being the only kind of power that matters, then of course you're going to feel uncomfortable with the changes that you're going on. And not only that, you're going to feel like it's really unfair, right? As a young woman undergoing those changes and thinking that masculine power is the only power that matters and you're getting more feminine and less powerful in those masculine senses, you're going to feel that it's really unfair. And maybe even if somebody's sowing these seeds in your mind, that that discomfort that you're feeling especially maybe the discomfort you're feeling with the attention that your new curves are drawing and that sort of thing. If someone's sowing the seeds that, hey, that might mean you're in the wrong body. Maybe that means you're meant to be a boy. What a seductive thing to a young girl who's been steeped in this idea that masculine power is the only kind of power that matters, who's never been taught about the goodness and the wholeness and the beauty of her feminine body and all the power that comes from that body. Grace Stark is our guest. She is from the Center for Bioethics and Culture. We're talking about American Girl Books that promote trans ideology. We'll talk about the larger context of the trans activist movement next. This is Molly Hemingway encouraging you to listen to my favorite podcast, Issues, etc. Every day you get in-depth interviews with host Todd Wilkin asking expert guests substantive, thought-provoking questions on all of the important news and issues of our day. The expert guests are in culture, law, ethics, philosophy, theology, and apologetics. Expert guests, expansive topics, always extolling Christ, Issues, etc. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Advent season at lutheranpublicradio.org. Sacred music for the Advent season, lutheranpublicradio.org. 
your comprehensive source for information, teaching, and truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Making Disciples for Life. Across the nation, students are back in school in over 1,800 schools serving children in early childhood through high school. Students are thriving in programs of excellence in a safe, caring, Christian environment taught by dedicated teachers. To find a school in your community, visit lcms.org schools. Connect today for information about a Lutheran school for the children in your family at lcms.org schools. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. We're talking about American Girl Books that promote transgender ideology. Grace Stark, editor of Natural Woman and Ramsey Institute Fellow at the Center for Bioethics and Culture, is our guest. She's authored a column for The Federalist titled American Girl Exploits Adolescent Awkwardness to Suggest that Being a Girl Isn't Good Enough. Grace, the company hasn't done this in a vacuum. They're obviously part of a bigger trend. How else has the transgender movement exploited girls' uneasiness at puberty? Well, I think, and especially because I learned they've already come out in the Washington Post, I believe, and backed it all up, said that they're going to stand by the book, that they're they're not going to pause it, telling folks that they wrote the book in partnership with medical professionals, and I forget who else they listed who supposedly signed off on, on this book and the new portion about the gender identity, it all kind of culminates in these messages bombarding girls from all sides. When you have popular culture selling you these messages, when you have teachers at school reading you books about boys who are transitioning to becoming girls. I just saw a YouTube clip the other day of of a mom talking about a book that she found out a second grade teacher had read to her daughter's class about a boy transitioning to becoming a girl. And you have teachers telling you this, when you have popular culture telling you this, when you have you know, medical societies all buying in to this idea that one's body is, that you can change your gender. We know that we cannot change our DNA. We know that we cannot switch off our chromosomes in our cells. It's so confusing for young girls, and I think it's terrifying for parents. As the mother of two young daughters, I look at this, and I just feel like it's really on me and my husband to make sure that especially when our daughters go through what we know will be an uncomfortable time, we can just count on that. We can know that it's going to be an uncomfortable time when they're going through puberty, but to have built up their relationship with our daughters so that when they're going through that discomfort, they're not going to a teacher. They're not going to one of these quote unquote trusted adults that American Girl calls out or one of the organizations they list in the book. That We know that they'll come to us 
and talk to us and that we can set the record straight for them about how good their bodies are, that we can affirm them in their femininity while also acknowledging the discomfort that they may be feeling. Because I think maybe for too long as parents, we have been afraid to talk to our girls and our boys too. But since we're focusing on girls today, that's what I'm focusing on. We've been too afraid to talk to girls about their bodies, to have these candid conversations with them. And it it starts at a young age with being open and being comfortable with talking about normal biological processes that we go through when we go through puberty and that it's all good and that it's all geared towards the ability one day to be able to conceive and carry and bring forth life. And I think parents can get really afraid of having those conversations with their kids. It can feel like it's age inappropriate or that it's giving them too much information. And there certainly are ways that you can do things in an inappropriate way and give too much information. And that's something that we've really been focusing on lately at Natural Womanhood is is building a program for parents, specifically moms of daughters, giving them the right information, the age appropriate information, giving them the confidence to be able to have these conversations with their girls in an easy, natural way early on and throughout their lives so that this big thing that puberty can be, this big, scary transition, is just viewed by our children, hopefully, as the normal course that their body should be going through and that it's a good thing, it's a healthy thing that these things are happening to them. That doesn't mean it's going to feel fun all the time. And in fact, if you know, you're know you a young girl who starts menstruating and you have this really terrible, painful, heavy cycle and you aren't able to get help for that, it can even make you feel resentful of it. But that's another space where we really try to inform parents and women that you have options beyond just going on birth control because That's been a lie that's been sold to women for a long time, that if you have an irregular cycle, a painful cycle, that there's nothing a doctor can do for you except to put you on birth control. And that can come with a lot of other different side effects, especially for young girls. There are mental health effects that come from that, physical side effects as well. And so, again, this can leave young women feeling just really shortchanged, frankly, by the fact that they have feminine bodies. And so it's no wonder to me that when we don't give girls the information that they need, that they crave, and the affirmation that they also need and crave of what's going on in their bodies during puberty, and then also don't get them the help they need if they are struggling with reproductive health-related issues, and instead of just slapping Band-Aid solutions on it, which really the birth control pill is, then it's going to feed in to and and lend credence to some of the lies that they're hearing from our culture, from American Girl, from perhaps some teachers in their school and, and other adults who are continuing to perpetuate this lie that all of these negative feelings might mean that you're in the wrong body. Finally, just yesterday, President Biden signed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, and he took that opportunity there on the lawn of the White House to express his unqualified support 
for the administration of puberty-blocking hormones, cosmetic transition surgeries for children. What's your reaction, Grace, with about a minute? It's shocking because we see even in Europe that they are really slamming the brakes. They're starting to at least pump the brakes on some of this gender transition type of stuff. We see it in the UK. We see it in Scandinavia where they're actually starting to put out guidelines for dissuading kids, young children, from getting puberty blockers, certainly from doing the surgical changes. They're shutting down clinics in the UK. So we're really out of step with the rest of the world on this. And that's really what was indicated yesterday with the signing of the act that you mentioned and and the fact that the administration gave its full-throated support of these so-called gender transitioning, quote-unquote, treatments. It just shows how out of step we are with the science and with what the rest of the world is doing, which shows that at the end of the day, this is not about health. It's not about science. It's not about willing the good of our children. It's about furthering an agenda. Grace Stark is editor of Natural Womanhood. She's Ramsey Institute Fellow at the Center for Bioethics and Culture and author of a column for The Federalist titled American Girl Exploits Adolescent Awkwardness to Suggest Being a Girl Isn't Good Enough. You'll find a link to it at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Grace, thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll be looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary. Advent 4 and Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy will be with us next. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.